Let's continue with our fourth and final study of Psalm 107. Psalm 107 is a psalm of deliverance and direction. We've noted throughout this psalm uh, the rehearsal of Israel's history, and through Israel's history we see a season of deliverance and direction from God. At the same time, we see seasons of sin and judgment. Uh, Psalm 107 teaches us that God is faithful to deliver and direct his people. We divided Psalm 107 into two sections. The first 32 verses deal with God's providence in deliverance, and 33 through 42 uh, deal with God's providence in direction. We have noted that this psalm is post-exilic. It's written from the perspective of the exiles, what sent them into exile, and how God brought them out of exile. So in verses 1 through 32 to recap, we began with a celebration of the God's deliverance in verses 1 to 3. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary and gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Then we begin this cycle. We begin with a condition in verses 4 to 5. They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. This leads to a call. In verse 6, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distress, and which results in consolation in verses 7 to 9. He led them also by a straight way to go to an inhabited city. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. So that's a first cycle. So we have a condition, we have a call, we have consolation. But notice in verses 10 through 12, we are stated, start with another condition. There were those who dwelt in darkness, in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains, because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled, and there was none to help. Which leads to verse 13, the call. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. Which ends in consolation, verses 14 to 16. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, broke their bands apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has shattered gates of bronze and cut bars of iron asunder. And yet again, in verses 17 to 18, the cycle begins. Condition. Fools, because of their rebellious way, because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all kinds of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Which leads to verse 19 and the call. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. And then we see again the consolation, verses 20 to 22. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, and tell of his works with joyful singing. But once again in verses 23 to 27, the cycle begins again, and notice their condition. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he spoke and raised up a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They rose up to the heavens, they went down to the depths. Their souls melted away in misery. They reeled and staggered like a drunken man, and they were at their wit's end. And then, of course, we have a call in verse 28. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distresses. When we end with consolation, verses 29 to 32, he caused the storm to be still, 
so that the waters of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them extol him also in the congregation of the people and praise him at the seat of the elders. Now, we shift gears away from God's providence in deliverance to verses 33 through 42, God's providence in direction. How does do we see God's providence in direction? Well, we're going to see it, first of all, in the changes to the land in verses 33 to 38, and then we're going to see God's providence and direction in the changes that he brings about on his people. So let's begin in verses 33 to 38. He changes rivers into a wilderness, springs of water into a thirsty ground, and a fruitful land into a salt waste, because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. He changes a wilderness into a pool of water, dry land into springs of water, and there he makes the hungry to dwell. So they may establish an inhabited city, and sow fields and plant vineyards, and gather a fruitful harvest. Also he blesses them, and they multiply greatly, and he does not let their cattle decrease. So as God delivers his people, he now directs his people out of affliction and into prosperity. Now we have a meditation here upon the judgment and redemption of the Lord. First of all, because of the people's wickedness, what happened? Well, God ruined their land. Their rivers became a wilderness. Uh, the water springs became dry ground. Uh, the fruitful land became a barren land or a, 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 a salt land, uh, just waste. We need to notice here who it is that controls the weather. It is not Baal. It is certainly not Mother Nature. It is Yahweh alone. And God uses the weather to accomplish his moral judgments. The change in weather that he sent, the change in land that was the result, are from God's hand of judgment. The people sinned. God brought judgment. Now, certainly, weather is a natural phenomena that God has created. He created the rain. He created the hydrologic cycle to water the ground and so forth. Uh, but because of sin, there, you know, there has been a curse placed upon nature, and we have storms and, and things of that nature uh, that are destructive. But there are also times when God in his wrath directs the weather and wreaks havoc upon the earth as a direct result of the immorality of the nations. And so I think it would behoove us to stop and consider when we see these natural disasters, are these natural disasters just simply that, a natural disaster, the earth groaning under the curse of sin, or is there a direct tie to the immorality of people, of the nation. You know, when Elijah met King Ahab, he said, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. So God plagued Israel with a famine, with a drought, because of their immorality. And so we see the psalmist here noting that uh, their prosperity is directly tied to their immorality. When they're immoral, God brings judgment. When they're moral, God brings prosperity. Uh, you know, we have to ask ourselves, is the church today 
uh, it, we'll, we'll clarify it more, is the church in the West, in America, uh, is it suffering barrenness because of immorality? Because its people have forsaken God. Because God has taken a back seat to entertainment and pleasure and uh, whatever else. And that, you know, churches just become something, well, when it's convenient, I'll go. We also see in verses uh, 35 and 36 uh, that the hungry and destitute are restored by God's mercy. Uh, he turns the wilderness into pools of water, dry land and water springs. The exiles can return and dwell again once again in the land. They can establish a city of habitation. Uh, they're able to sow fields and plant vineyards. They have a fruitful harvest. Uh, th- this is prosperity under God's blessing. Understand that there is no prosperity, no genuine prosperity without God's hand of blessing. And there is not God's blessing if we are not obedient. When we repent of our sins, when we return to the Lord, he will make us secure and prosperous. He will bless us. And we see some of those blessings there in Matthew 5, 6. You know, a church that experiences God's blessing is a church that has gone through a deep cleansing. And, you know, if you're not experiencing a blessing, maybe you need to be praying for a deep cleansing. Finally, verses 39 to 43, we see changes on the people as we look consider God's providence in direction. He says, when they are diminished and bowed down though, through, though, through oppression, misery, and sorrow, he pours contempt upon princes and makes them wander in a pathless waste. Again, notice the direction he's leading the people. But he sets the needy, here's his direction again, securely on high, away from affliction, makes the families like a flock. The upright see it and are glad, but all unrighteousness shuts its mouth. Who is wise? Let him give heed to these things and consider the loving kindness of the Lord. Uh, folks, God's people are the subject uh, at times of oppression, affliction, and sorrow. Uh, we are in spiritual warfare and we will suffer those things. Sometimes we suffer those things as a means of punishment or chastisement because we have gone the direction we should not go. Other times God brings those things into our lives uh, to direct us away from things that would uh, be sinful. And either way, we have to see God's hand of direction in it. Uh, you know, even Jesus said, listen, you're going to have abundance, but you're going to go through persecution. Okay? Uh, so we have to understand that, you know, blessings in this life are not free from disappointments and sorrow and even persecutions. Uh, he pours contempt on the princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness. They're lost. He humbles and breaks the proud. Uh, God said through Isaiah, the day of the Lord of hosts will come upon everything proud and lofty, everything lifted up shall be brought low, Isaiah 2.12. Uh, at the same time, uh, the poor, the needy are going to be set on high. They're going to be placed in a high tower far from affliction. They're going to be exalted. Their families are going to multiply like a flock of sheep. The righteous uh, will be vindicated. They will rejoice and their oppressors will be judged. And there coming a day when all iniquity will be silenced. And this happens at the return of the Lord. The final verse is like a prescript. Uh, the wise need to agree with the psalmist analysis. Those who rebel against the word of God, those who despise his counsel, are fools. Uh, they are afflicted because of their iniquities. Uh, 
we need to understand the loving kindness, the covenant love of God. Yes, we know he judges sin, but at the same time we know he redeems the repentant sinners. There is always hope in Yahweh, and when we repent and return to him, he will restore our blessing. He will rescue us from evil. He will judge our oppressors. And then what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to worship the living God and witness to his mighty works. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I thank you for Psalm 107. I thank you for the uh, example from Israel's history of your providence in directing your people as well as in delivering people. Father, as we come to you, we come to you, Father, through Jesus Christ, uh, our Savior, your Son, uh, the eternal God who at a point in time came into this world to save sinners. Uh, Indeed, Lord, that's what we are, sinners saved by grace through faith uh, in the gospel of your Son. So, Father, I ask and pray that as we have studied this psalm, you would challenge us, Lord. Uh, If we notice our condition is less than Uh, best if we look at our condition and see that we are in sin. Father, may we call out to you, may we cry to you, Lord, in repentance. And Father, hear us and deliver us. Console us, Father. Rescue us. Uh, Deliver us from uh, our own uh, weakness and sins. Father, I also pray that you would direct us. Lead us. Direct us into the way that we should go. Uh, Father, uh, we can all look back at times in our life when we were under your chastisement. Maybe some even now are under chastisement. Father, I pray that you would continue to bring us to a place where we might repent uh, of our sins. And then, Lord, you would restore us and cause us no longer to walk in the way of sin, but to walk in the way of righteousness. Father, as we walk in the way of righteousness, I pray that you would be praised each and every day as we strive to be obedient to you. Amen.